0: Welcome to Women Winning at Work podcast. My name is Barka Herman. I interview women with successful careers in tech. Please like and share this episode and podcast and do reach out to me if you or someone you know would like to be featured on my podcast. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Barka Herman. And now, without delay, please enjoy this episode. Welcome back. And today, uh, in today's podcast, I have a very special guest. Prerna Gumpir, and let me know if I'm saying your name wrong, Prerna. That's perfect. And, okay, great. And she is program manager two for Microsoft. So I would love to hear from you, Prerna. I, I said your name right, but you know, tell me about yourself. What are you? Who are you? What are you doing for Microsoft? And what is okay. a program manager two? <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they ask me, you know, what does a program manager even do? And, you know, I'm always at a loss of words because we do a lot of things. We wear a lot of different hats. So I'm currently a program manager, too. What that means is it's one step higher than a normal entry level program manager. So I have a little bit more responsibility on my shoulders. Um, So I work uh, on Microsoft Teams team. And I work on display devices, um, which is very exciting because I'm a mechanical engineer and I absolutely love working with hardware. So as a program manager, I have a lot of different roles where I work with the design team. I work with developers. I work with uh, customers, uh, partner teams, uh, engineering and a whole lot of different stakeholders to make sure that, you know, the product that I'm developing is, you know, has a feature that you know the customer wants to see and we're able to successfully implement it over the course of a quarter. Uh, and we continue to innovate uh, and give you exciting things to look forward to. So you have a delightful experience on Microsoft Teams. So I'm going to
0: ask you a couple of questions because again, I'm recording this on Teams. I'm a daily Teams user. I pretty much live on Teams. <laughs> <laughs> I use Teams for creating courses and do all kinds of stuff. So what do you mean about, you know, devices? So what does that translate that to me? Unpack that for me.
1: Sure. A lot of people, you know, are always used to using uh, Microsoft Teams on their desktop, on their web client, or on their mobile phone. What they don't know is, you know, more often than not, that there's a whole suite of uh, devices and peripherals like mics, earphones, headphones, you know, in conference rooms, the big bars that you see up front, which have audio and visual capabilities, smaller devices that you can have on your desk as a companion just that just does your calling and meeting so that you have a higher quality calling and meeting experience those are the devices that um, we work on.
0: Oh, that sounds fantastic. Um, I, I definitely get to look at that. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, OK, and then um, the, the next question and this is my generally after the intro first question for all my guests. So I am a a comic book geek and um, most of the comic book characters, heroes and heroines. Have an origin story, so I would love to hear your origin story and you're the hero of this episode and so love to hear what your origin story is.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's going to be a windy path. I'll, I'll try to, you know, take you through from one destination to the other. So I grew up in Vancouver. Fast forward, I moved to Toronto to do my engineering. Fast forward, those amazing four years. And I did my engineering and specialized in aerospace. So I wanted to work in the aerospace industry. So I moved and went to United Kingdom. So I was in London, working uh, in the aviation space for a while. And I really enjoyed it. And then Brexit happened. And at that point, uh, I was very lucky, I got into Stanford. And so I went to Stanford for a bit, got the opportunity to work on my own startup. Um, Very, very exciting time. And after that, I wanted to do something different. So I decided to explore consulting because I was very unsure where I wanted to be, what industry I wanted to target. So I thought consulting would give me the right exposure. So I joined uh, a big four and I worked there for about two years. And uh, after that, I had the opportunity to work at Microsoft, and so I joined, and here I am.
0: Holy cow! So that is a, a whiny story, and and exciting. It sounds fantastic. So so tell me a little bit about okay, what was it growing like growing up in Toronto, uh, Vancouver? Yeah, what was you know, what was it like as? A, I'm assuming you were born there, or you're a first-generation immigrant. Your family are immigrant, or?
1: Yeah, my family and I, we moved here when I was about ten years old. So we moved from India, and so I don't remember much because I was a kid. But yeah, I essentially grew up in Vancouver. That's the that's kind of home that I know. Um, but I've just been moving and living in so many different cities. At this point, I've lived in five or six different cities. So I am a, a world nomad. I, I like traveling a lot and living in different places.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's that's the world we live in, and so that's fantastic. So, well, tell me a little bit about college years. What was that like? You know, what was your mechanical engineering degree experience? There's not that many people like. I, you know, I remember going to university like more than like more than almost thirty years ago, and the engineering building was mostly mechanical, and then some. You know, other floors and then i went back i think a decade later and the engineering building was mostly computer engineering and one little section for the other engineering and that transition happened so tell me about how how was it for you
1: yeah um first thing i noticed you know going into campus class first day there's about 500 kids in my mechanical engineering class and I couldn't even count five girls. And, you know, that was the moment where I was like, am I in the right spot? And, you know, I'd heard about it a lot before I joined, you know, a mechanical engineering program. There's a, you know, not many, very many women. And, you know, I was like, that's fine. I'm sure I'll do fine. And I did. It was, it was great. I made a lot of great friends, but I sure do wish there was a lot more um, women in the program. It's a great program. And along the way, I, I, you know, the first couple of months, I did feel like, hey, there's a lot more women in computer science and, you know, obviously there's a lot more, you know, tech jobs and, you know, so there's just the thing that everyone wants to join computer science. And that's the only way you can get into a company like Microsoft or Google or Amazon. And so, you know, for a second, I was kind of doubting myself and, you know, maybe I should just go into computer science if I really want to get into one of these great companies and you know i decided that i wanted to study something that was interesting to me which was aviation and i said you know what as long as i have an engineering mindset and a skill set that allows me to think like an engineer it doesn't matter what kind of engineering i do so hopefully the company will any company would would value that if i have to come to a great company like microsoft
0: That's a great, great advice, a great lesson that the engineering mindset is what's what matters, you know, the learning at the end of the day, things change so much that we're always learning. Fundamentals matter, the mindset matters, right? Yeah. So thank you for that. So so tell me about your, uh, your UK experience.
1: Yeah, I was very excited at that point. Um, I wanted to kind of leave home. It was at that point where I was like, mom, dad, I'm going by somewhere you can't reach me as fast. And so I wanted to, you know, go to another country, go to another continent, explore a different lifestyle, you know, right after graduating, I, I was very much like, all right, I'm so done with engineering. It was a four, you know, four-year rigorous program. I want to enjoy a bit. I want to, you know, get into another place and do something exciting and it was really exciting i got to learn so much Uh, i've I've visited london a lot of times so i was very you know pumped towards you know going and living there and going and you know i knew a couple of people so it was great to meet a lot of new friends i lived in student housing so it was really amazing that sounds great okay and then um, what was stanford like i it, it was incredible. I have no words to describe. That was the most amazing time of my life spent at Stanford, and I have met such incredible people. I have had VCs who are my professors. They have given me feedback on my own startup. I've had the opportunity to have and work on my own startup, which is the most beautiful thing I have ever experienced so far. And the just the environment you're in, um, being in the Bay, being at Stanford with all these amazing people and bright people and just it is so enlightening and you get to learn so much from everyone and it's just a very enriching experience
0: so tell me about the startup we can't like you know just brush over that that's important
1: (laughs) yeah for sure so it kind of started out out of a class um called technology entrepreneurship and my professors were vcs and so as part of the class you know we were told go on and create your your idea of what you would like to make into a startup and so what started as something small as okay, we're, you know, I came to California, and I'd seen a couple of wildfires. And I was like, what, what's going on here? I didn't think it would be that bad, but it, it was really bad. And so I thought, hey, I'm a mechanical engineer. I like building things. There's drones. And so my co-founder had a great idea that we should use drones to suppress wildfires in the Bay Area. And so that was kind of how I uh, kicked off where we were using drones and fire retardant. And we did a lot of research to you know locate these fires and how to suppress them in time so that they don't grow as much. And so that was an incredibly uh, exciting project. And towards the end of our course, our professor who's already a VC brought in a couple other investors to our class where we got to pitch to these people who are already having uh, you know their successful businesses and they were co-founders already and they wanted to invest. And so this was such an exciting opportunity to be able to pitch to them. And surprisingly, I even had the opportunity to pitch at the startup to the co-founder of Tesla, Mark Tarpening. And that was an incredible experience.
0: Fantastic, so t- tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, um, so it, it was just very weird. We went um, to a, a lecture and once we came out of the lecture, there he was, he had given a talk. And so, you know, everyone was kind of shaking hands with him and wanted to know about his journey and how he co-founded Tesla and where he was right now. And so I decided, hey, I wanna get your feedback on, on this idea I'm working on. And so while he was walking to have coffee with my professor, I said, hey, can I, can I just walk beside him. And then we just kind of, you know, told him our idea and he said this is a great idea and here's some things you could work on and once you do this let me know and so you know i thought great um thanks for the feedback and you know i wasn't sure how i'd keep in touch with him so i found him on linkedin and i added him and you know i wasn't thinking he'd accept and he did and so that's how we keep in touch and that's it's just mind-blowing to think that the co-founder of tesla is uh, your first contact on linkedin that you you know pitched a startup to
0: That's fantastic. So that's that's great advice and I know that you're you're operating like this level uh, on with you know going to Stanford for graduate school and getting funding from VCs and running into, you know, uh, great founders. However, um, even for the ordinary person reaching out on LinkedIn and making those connections, you know, there's a possibility that this is a professional portal right and and so that you bring up such a great point so what is the status of your startup now how's that going
1: it's not going at the pace that i wanted to go just because i'm working full time at microsoft and that's a pretty yeah. demanding job as well i definitely wish i did have a little bit more time on it but i also feel like i need a little bit more time to think through how i want the startup to evolve and so i'm working i'm kind of taking a back seat and working on it part-time Um, with my co-founder and it's still pretty incredible that you know I still have this idea and I want to continue working on it and I hope that you know one day in the future I can you know when I feel like I'm financially stable that I can you know work full-time on my own startup.
0: Yeah and you know so any uh, maybe we're we have some angel investors listening and can you know fund you (laughs) so you can go to that (laughs) front. That would be fantastic, right? Great, Um, all right, so moving on, I'd love to hear, and and you touched a little bit on it, but what are some of the challenges as a woman in, you know, you mentioned five out of 500, that's 1% female in university, but what are some of the challenges in work, in life as a woman? sort of in this tech space, right? The engineering space and technology space.
1: Yeah, I was one of the reasons, like at my very first job in aviation, I was the only girl on my entire floor that I was working. So I was working on wing design and I was the only girl uh, working on the entire project uh, on any of the sister teams, they were all males. And that was a bit jarring to me because i would come into work every day and not see a single girl at all. And the only female people that I interact with were in finance and HR who were in another building altogether. And it was very hard for me to get taken seriously because, you know, coming from the US um, or coming from Canada as well, like I spoke differently. I had a different accent. It took a bit of time for everyone to kind of get used to me and the political climate of Brexit wasn't super favorable at that time. But yes, I, I did, uh, you know, have to constantly, you know, push for, hey, this is something I see where we could I potentially work on it. This could be improved. Uh, I think this is something we should work on. And so the opportunities were not so readily available to me, which is something you know I feel was is a struggle. And it's significantly gotten gotten better with um, you know working in consulting and especially at Microsoft. There's far more female representation, which is great.
0: Right, right. So, so, um, I, you know, that's very isolating first of all, right? And it can be demoralizing and all, all of us, we're all human beings and we have good and bad days and we can have good days or we can be bold and self advocate, but we do have bad days and there's nobody there. Were you able to find some allies even within the male team there or, or no?
1: Yeah, I, I was very glad and thankful to have a strong sort of, you know, the new hire cohort that joined with me uh, was a very strong and tight knit group. And so we, you know, we spent Friday evenings together, happy hours together, we'd play, you know, football together. So, yeah, it was great to, to kind of, you know, be with them and form that strong group and circle. And you know, I was able to collaborate with them on a lot of these newer projects because you know, coming in as a new group, we had a lot of ideas on things that could be improved in this mega factory that have been there for years and years and years. And so, you know, we're like, How can we can we just add in a computer here to automate this task, please? So yeah, those those were some fun projects we got to work on.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So okay. So um, what do you think is the best part about being we talked a little bit about challenges and you said that you know it's it's a lot better at Microsoft and consulting firms. What are what are the advantages of being the only, as you put it, girl in the room?
1: Yeah. It's it's great in some ways because, you know, you get to, to raise your hand and people are always, you know, most of the times their mind will be like, hey, Perna has something to say. Or, you know, everyone kind of looks at me a bit differently when I, I'm in the, the front of the room presenting and they're like, oh, where'd she come from? And so I have that initial like attention that I catch from everyone. And it's it's a great opportunity to show like, hey, this is something I've worked on and, you know, I get a little bit more recognition for the work that I'm doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And how about being at at Microsoft? Is there any advantages of, you know, so just being, maybe not even being a woman, but just being in the technology and high uh, cutting edge field for other, you know, young ladies who are listening to this podcast, maybe uh, what are some of the good things about being in this space?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's so many advantages. And one of the ways that that's how I met you was through mentorship. And, you know, there's a group called Technical Women at Microsoft, which is absolutely amazing. There's so many allies, there's so many incredible women who support each other, who talk about topics, you know, that are not, you know, I didn't think normally they would be discussed like, you know, the gender pay gap or, you know, bullying or anything of that sort. And these topics are discussed so openly and you're given so much support. I have so many mentors since I've joined Microsoft. It's incredible how much people want to help you and support you. And it's just so heartwarming.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. That's that's great, that's inspiring. And yeah, you know, we're far from equality. However, uh, I think that, you know, I've been in this industry for 30 plus years and every year has been slightly better. And, you know, I think that it, the, the novelty of, you know, the, the, the only woman in the room will ev- eventually disappear right all right sorry all right so um, i would like to ask you next what is the advice that you may want to give to like the 18 year old Parana or the you know just graduating from college or you know whatever moving to to uk what 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 would you tell that person
1: yeah um I would definitely say don't don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be scared. I didn't apply to a lot of the top schools for my undergrad because I was scared I would get rejected. And I ended up going to Stanford eventually anywhere. So I really wish you know, I had a longer time, probably I wish I'd applied to Stanford in undergrad, whatever the result may have been, but I was just too scared to even apply. And I wish I had done that. And so don't be afraid. It's even if it's a re- rejection, you'll learn something from it, right? So don't be afraid if you want to move to another country. That was something totally nerve-wracking for me, right? Moving to another place where I don't know anybody at all. But I had a great experience. I have so much to talk about. I learned so much. I made a great group of friends. I learned so much about the culture. And I think it helped me in um, getting me to where I am at Microsoft today as well because I was able to do some things that I would I would not have been able to do had I not you know learned and, and you know worked with in a different industry like aviation you know bringing my learnings from that industry to apply to the technology industry the kind of customers that I dealt with so if you feel like you know you're unsure about what industry you want to go into don't don't kind of you know block yourself or you know you know you want to get into microsoft or google it does not mean you know you, if you do consulting or if you do finance or anything else that you will not be able to get into the companies of your choice it's definitely possible to make a career change
0: yeah no that's amazing advice and and what would you what would you say is like your superpower like what worked for you what was the thing that kind of you know brought you all the way here i mean each one of us has value and obviously you're a very, Intelligent and you know with great perseverance. But what what is your what is your superpower? What what got you here today?
1: I I think there's you know it's a whole bunch of combination of things. One was the fact that I like telling stories and mm-hmm. people like listening to stories. And so whether if you're telling stories through data or if you're in an interview and you're you know people ask you, hey, tell me about a time X Y Z happened. I like pulling up those stories and talking about, hey, this is what I did, this is what my team did, this is what I learned out of it, and even when you're doing a presentation or you're building a feature for a customer, what is the story behind it and why are you even doing what you are doing? And so that's something that you know I really like, and I think that's something that helps me.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice. That's amazing. And finally, you know, anything you want to share, uh, either personal or professional or you know with with my audience um or other young women anything you want to share any piece of advice website um uh, social media whatever uh, yeah feel free to do so now <laughs>
1: um yeah it's uh, um, yeah if you guys um want to reach out to me i'm more than happy to help out there's tons of people on linkedin or you know even in your if you're in undergrad or you are planning to go to university next year reach out to alumni or you know people who are already at the school Um, Reach out, make those contacts, make those connections. There's always good that comes out of it. Make an effort to maintain those relationships. If you wanted to reach out to me, I'm more than happy. I review resumes and I help people with interview prep and do mock interviews um, very often. So happy to help out in any way that I can. And if you're interested in my startup, uh, visit govulcan.tech. Nice,
0: very nice. That's awesome. Thank you Prerna so much. You are such an inspiration and uh, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode and share it with someone you think that'll enjoy it. And do reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. And also, if you would like to, please join my newsletter by visiting www.barcaherman.com. Thank you.